his perfect salvation to tell. Oh. Um, a few greetings first. Um, talked to Drew Dietz uh, last, last night. He's a preacher in Missouri. Um, first time I ever talked to him. Wonderful brother. And um, um, he told me to extend uh, greetings to the brethren here. And um, also talked to Brother Norm Wells, who I call Dad. He's my second dad, and, and I love him dearly. And um, I got to talk to him and, and uh, two of the men that are at the church with him, who basically are his right arms. We call them the two Mikes, and they're just wonderful brothers in the Lord. And um, they all, I got to talk to each one of them on the phone this afternoon, and it was a real blessing. And they wanted to extend their love and, and, um, and that they're praying for all of us, and they're just they're so thankful to the Lord. So just wanted to pass that on and... and uh, it's always a blessing to hear from brethren. Oh, and John Claude said to greet the brethren. I saw uh, him and I were playing text tag on Facebook. So, but um, um, yeah, just wanted to let you know he's he said say hi. So tonight we'll be in uh, Philippians chapter four, verse eight. And the name of the message is things to think on. Things to think on. Now, we think of a lot of things through the day and through the week, don't we? Lots of things. All kinds of things. Our minds are always occupied by something. And the scripture before us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, tells us to think on things. It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. And I'd like to look at this verse in light of the gospel. In light of the gospel of God's free grace in Christ. The good news of the gospel of Christ is good news for sinners. It's good news for sinners. And we're comforted by the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ died for sinners. Now folks, as, as we looked at this morning, folks look for comfort in various things. And it's all basically they look for comfort or they find their refuge in, in things that they do. But the believer finds comfort in Christ. Christ in the things of Christ, in the gospel of Christ. And it's good news for sinners. And folks who look for comfort in many other things never really find it. Never really find comfort in other things. But if God's pleased to reveal Christ to them, they will find great comfort. That's what we found. Those of us who believe, we found great comfort. Great comfort. So let us meditate on, these, uh, on the things of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let us focus on Christ alone. You, you constantly hear me in, in, in preaching that uh, it's, it's so important for us to keep our eyes on Christ. It really is. And basically this verse is telling us that. Keep our eyes on Christ. Think on the things of him. You know, it, that's where I find, personally, that's where I find comfort in in storms and in trials, and, and I get worked up just like everyone else. I'm a sinner, and I'm a sinner saved by grace. But when I stop and I think of Christ, 
and I think of what he's done for me, it brings me great comfort. And it calms me. Because he is the only place where I have hope. I don't find any hope in myself. I only find hope in Christ. Paul tells us this, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. 1 Timothy 4.15. So we're going to meditate on the scriptures. We're to think on the things of Christ. So let us look at these eight words that describe the gospel in our present text. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and that means excellence, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So the first is true. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 3. Whatsoever things are true. Well, the gospel of Christ is true. It's true. And the Lord Jesus Christ is himself called truth, right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. The gospel of Christ is true. And in the scriptures, we have declared the truth about sin. We have the truth declared about sin. Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 9. We'll read a rather large portion here, but we're going to see that the gospel of Christ is true and that it declares the truth about sin. What then, verse 9, are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they're all under sin. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. We looked at that this morning there at Sunday school. There's the level playing field, right? Everybody, no one's really better than anyone else. We're all sinners, rich, poor, old, young, there it is. It's, it's, we're all sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. That means we don't understand the things of God in our natural minds. There's none that seeketh after God. Folks are always saying, you know, and, and you hear me say, flee to Christ. Yeah, flee to Christ. He is the only hope. He is. And, and, but God has to make you willing to flee to him. But flee to him, because he is the sinner's only hope. But there's none that naturally seek after God on their own. None. So there again, there's none righteous, there's none good, there's none that seeketh after God, there's none that understandeth. So the gospel declares the truth about sin, right? They're all gone out of their way. They're all together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. There it is again. That shows us the whole depravity of all mankind. So folks, if they think that they're better than someone else, they're not. By their religious works or their religious deeds, they're not. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. In the way of peace they have not known. Look at this. Is this, not, is this not society now? Is this not society today? Is this not society all along? There's no fear of God before their eyes. 
Well, unfortunately, that's where I was at before. Now, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? Oh, boy. But it's not a, it's not a, it's not a slavish fear. It's a reverent fear. Oh, my God is king. He's king. And he, you know, but there's no fear of God before their eyes. They go headlong into destruction with no care. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. Well, that's everyone. We're all under the law, right? Not believers now, but we were at one time. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. There it is. That's everyone who's ever lived, except Christ. <laughs> All be guilty before God, therefore by the deeds of the law. So, you know, we, we, we know, we often hear folks say, well, you've you got to do this. you just got to follow the Ten Commandments. you got to do this. you got to do that, right? Trying to yoke people under the law. Look what Scripture says. Verse 19, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. That every, every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. You can't be justified by the law. But we saw, we saw last week, you can be justified by God, and by him alone, and by Christ. For by the law is an all to sin. What the law does is it shows us our desperate need for Christ. Brings us to an end of ourselves. And then we go, I need Christ. I must have him. And we flee to him. But now the righteousness of God without the law, that's in Christ. That's in Christ. Is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. Look at that. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we have the truth declared about sin in the gospel. We have also the truth declared about salvation. Turn with me, if you would, to um, Acts 4.12, and I'll read you 2 Timothy 1.9 while you're turning there. We have the truth declared about salvation. 2 Timothy 1.9 says this, Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the, before the world began. So we have the truth declared about salvation. And look at Acts 4.12. Now this, this, this takes out, I was looking at this earlier, this takes out Muhammad, it takes out Buddha, it takes out Mary, who people worship. It, this, this takes out anybody else. Because look what this verse declares. It tells us the truth about the gospel. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's only salvation in Christ. So there's not salvation in our works then, right? There's not salvation in all these other gods, these false gods that people... There's not... All, think, of, think of the millions, billions of people in these religions. They're following a false god. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's only in Christ. 
So the gospel declares the truth, the truth about salvation. It also declares the truth about Christ. Turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah 45, 21. And I'll read Romans 3, 4. God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and thou mightest overcome when thou art judged. God is true. It, It declares the truth. The truth, the gospel declares the truth about Christ. Look at Isaiah 45, 21 and 22. Tell ye and bring them near. Verse 21, Isaiah 45. Let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient times? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord, and there is no God else beside me, a just God? And the Savior? Christ is both the just God and the Savior. He justified the ungodly, didn't he? He's a just God and a Savior. And there is none beside me. Do you remember the, the text in Acts? Neither is there salvation in any other. Ties right in, doesn't it, to Isaiah 45. And look what he says in verse 45, 22. And this is, this is what we say, sinner friend, to you, because this is, this, is this is what happened to those of us who believe. Look unto me and be you saved. Look unto me and be you saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. There is only one God. Beloved, he became a man and died for us who believe. He's a just God and he's a savior. So the gospel declares the truth about Christ. John 8, 32, I'll read this if you want to write it down. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ said about setting sinners free. And ye shall know the truth. And ye shall know the truth. We didn't know it before. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. What freedom and liberty we have in Christ. We didn't in religion. (laughs) I know I didn't. Oh man, I usually felt worse coming out of church than when I went in. (laughs) Oh, but I have freedom and liberty in Christ. Oh, the truth shall make you free. It's such a free. I was talking to young Jacob on the phone this week, and he said, Oh, Brother Wayne, I didn't know anything before. I was lost. I didn't know anything. And now I'm free. I'm free in Christ. And we were just rejoicing. Free. Back to our text in Philippians 4 8. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are honest. The gospel of Christ is unquestionably honest. Tells the truth about what we are, eh? Tells us the truth about Christ. And it tells that God justifies the ungodly. Turn, if you would, to 
First Peter chapter 1. God justifies the ungodly in a way that honors his holy law. Right? The law of God must be upheld. And it satisfies his righteous judgment. Isaiah 42.21 says this, The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. Christ magnified the law. He fulfilled the law in the room instead of his people. And then the gospel is precious to us. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed, 1 Peter 1, 18-20, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Corruptible things. From your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, and that blood satisfied the law and justice of God in the believer's room and place. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. The gospel tells us that Christ upheld and fulfilled the, the law of God in the place of his people, satisfied the justice of God. The gospel of Christ is unquestionably honest. Our next portion in our text is just. Whatsoever things are just. The gospel of Christ is just or righteous. We looked at the question of all questions last Sunday, right? How can a man be justified with God? Here's another question, which can only be answered from Scripture as well. How can God be just and justify the ungodly? Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 3. Again, should have kept us right there, right? The only answer, the only answer to the question of how can God be just and justify the the ungodly, is the only answer can be found in the gospel of God's free grace. It can't be found anywhere else. Romans chapter 3, verses 24 to 26. Being justified freely by his grace. If you're saved, it's, it's freely by the grace of God. By his mercy and grace towards you being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ shed his precious blood, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. He is the just one, and the justifier. He justifies the ungodly. That's us. Sinners. So he's the just one. And the justifier. And think of this. The one who gave the law. Fulfilled the law. The one who gave the law. Fulfilled the law. What mercy. 
Psalm 85.10 says this, Mercy and truth are met together. Where? At Calvary. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. At Calvary. We're made righteous by Christ, by his sacrifice, and we have peace with God through his precious blood. The next word in our text is pure. Whatsoever things are pure, well, we saying his perfect salvation to tell. His perfect salvation to tell. The gospel of Christ is undeniably pure or perfect. It's perfect. It's all that a sinner needs. And it completely satisfies God. And nothing but the blood of Christ can cleanse us from our sin. Nothing. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'll read 1 John 1, 7 which says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son, I love this, cleanses us from all sin. You're not one left behind. See, I can't pay for one sin, right? Christ paid it all. And not just for me, but for all the elect. Of all the ages. God incarnated in the fleshy man. We can't pay. I can't pay the sins for anyone else. I can't even pay for my own sin. But I can't pay the price for anyone else's sin. But the God man mediator. The Lord Jesus Christ. One sacrifice for sin. Just one. And he paid it all. And he cleanses us from all sin. This is good news for sinners. Good news. Look at Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have. You've got to love those small little words. In whom we have. We have. Those of us who believe have. Redemption. Through his blood. Oh, the great sacrifice of the of the great Savior of sinners through his blood shed on Calvary's cross for the remission of my sins and for all who believe. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. And look at this. According to the riches of his grace. He's done it all. He's done it all. Pure, perfect sacrifice. The Lord Jesus Christ, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, he did it all. When he had by himself purged our sins. I like that word purged our sins, 
sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, Hebrews 1.3. It is finished. The pure, perfect sacrifice of Christ. The next word is lovely. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are lovely. Turn, if you would, to Song of Solomon, chapter 5. The gospel of Christ to, to those who believe it's, it's undeniably lovely. It's lovely. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Back when we were in Oregon, Vicky mentioned one time when we were talking that how to the believer the gospel is so precious to us. It's precious. Christ is precious to us. But to folks in religion or, or an unbeliever, it's not. And this is why we, we can't just attend anywhere. Because the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace is precious to us. It's precious to us. If it's not being preached, we won't be there. But we're gladly joined together with those who preach the free grace of God in Christ plus nothing. We're rejoiced when we hear that others are preaching the gospel. And we rejoice because the gospel of Christ is precious to those of us who believe. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. But oh, to the believer, Christ is altogether lovely. Look at the Song of Solomon, chapter 5. My beloved, verse 10, my beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among ten thousand. His head is as the most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of water, washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are as a bed of spices and sweet as sweet flowers. His lips like lilies dropping sweet merith, sweet smelling merith. His hands are as gold rings set with a beryl. His belly is as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. He's altogether lovely. This is my beloved. This is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. This is speaking of none other than the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This Christ is altogether lovely. Altogether lovely to the believer. And why do we love him? Because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. First John four nineteen. Oh, back to our text. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, 
whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. And see how this it focuses upon Christ, right? Whatsoever things are of a good report. The gospel of, of Christ is a good report. It's a good report. It's good news. It's good news. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that will believe. It's a good report. Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5, 6 says this, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. It's a good report. It's a report of Christ dying for sinners. Romans 4, 5 says this, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. God justifies the ungodly, and Jesus Christ came to save sinners. To save sinners. But go ye and learn what this meaneth. I'll have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous. He didn't come to call self-righteous people, people who think they don't need Christ. He didn't come, he didn't come to save them. He did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Sinners to repentance. He came to save sinners. Haven't obtained eternal redemption. Remember we looked at that this morning? He did. He saved sinners. And someone says, well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how, how much sin I committed. No, I don't. But I know he saved me. I know he can save anyone. And folks says, well, I don't know if I'm one of the elect. Well, come to him. If you do, you know you are. <laughs> you know? Flee to Christ. He's the only hope any sinner ever has. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Our text now says virtue. Virtues define excellence. The gospel of Christ is a definitely a virtue or excellence. It, it, Christ completely provides for all his, all his people. There's not anything. Christ's sacrifice was so complete, as I said, it covered the sins of all the elect of all the ages. Every single one of their sins. Every one. So he provides for his church everything that God demands, right? What did God demand? Perfection. Perfect righteousness. And what did Christ provide? Perfect sacrifice. He was a perfect sacrifice, wasn't he? He was without sin. The spotless, perfect Lamb of God. 
The just one dying for the unjust. And he purchased us with his own precious blood. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by, Je- by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. Now the health and wealth guys like to use that. And they just twist it all to nothing. But think of it in light of this. My God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All that a sinner needs is provided in Christ. Everything. There's nothing left behind. There's nothing left out. He's provided all all our need. In him are all spiritual blessings. In him God is satisfied. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's God in the flesh. God in the flesh. The eternal God in the flesh. Fully man, but yet fully God. And he willingly goes to the cross to die for his people. We are redeemed by his precious blood. And then the last word we'll look at is, and if there be any praise, well, it's not hard to find praise after what we looked at. eh? Christ redeems sinners. He saves sinners. Therefore, the gospel of Christ is worthy of all our praise. And worthy to give God all the glory. Oh, what a mighty God. What a mighty God. Turn, if you would, to Revelation 5. And I'll read Psalm 115.1. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name. Give glory for thy mercy's sake, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. So we give him all the glory and honor and praise. We give it all to him. If he did it all, we, we have nothing to boast in like Scripture says. And in Galatians 6.14, I'll read this, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. We, we only glory in him, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. So we don't glory in ourselves. We glory in Christ. We glory in what he's done. He's redeemed sinners from all their sins. Our salvation, our salvation is wholly dependent upon him. If you're trusting in even a pinprick of your works, you're lost. Salvation is all of grace or it's not grace. This is why we just rest in Christ and we just trust in him. It's our salvation is wholly dependent upon him. He's the author and he's the finisher, right? The author starts a book and he finishes a book. Christ came to earth to redeem his people and he's cried, it is finished and he was raised for our justification and now he's seated on the right hand of the Father. And we, our whole salvation is dependent upon him. Revelation chapter 5. 
verse 9 to 14. And they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy. Oh, Lord, you're worthy. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain. He died. He died in the sinner's room and place. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. Has. That's past tense. He has. (laughs) He has redeemed us to God. By thy blood, again, by the precious blood of Christ. Out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. I always marvel at that. God's people are from every single, every, every tongue, every kindred, every nation, and every people. That's amazing. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands. A number no man can number. Just Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. You see, even in heaven he gets all the glory. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing in every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power. What are they doing? They're giving them all the glory, aren't they? They're giving them all the praise. Be unto him that sitteth upon the throne. We need to underline that. He sits on the throne. He's ruling. He's reigning. And he will never abdicate that throne. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's my Savior. Sitteth upon the throne and the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. He gets all the praise. He gets all the glory. And he gets it all. It, It all is due to him. And now let us through the week think on these things. Think on these things. To God be the glory.